Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Sports Yak Podcast is powered by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events are available at und.com slash buy tickets. Also by Pyramid Equipment. Be prepared this winter season by checking the condition of your snow removal equipment. Pyramid Equipment is a locally owned business in Rolling Prairie, Indiana that sells, services, and installs residential and commercial grade snow plows, parts, and salt spreaders. Pyramid Equipment is your trusted dealer of Meyer and Snow Dog products. Old man winter's ready. Are you? Service discount for military, fire, and police available. Call 800-833-2591 or find them on the web at PyramidEquipmentInc.com. Welcome to episode 160. Did you think you were doing something for Poi Boy and the Cheese right there? <laughs> that was a tribute. Poi Boy and the Cheese. Gone, but not forgotten. Oh, no. No, no. Episode 160 is the Pete Rose episode, kids. He had 4,256 career hits. 160 of those were round trippers. The all-time hit king banned from the Hall of Fame. Cincinnati's own Pete Rose. That, to me, feels like one of those classic, let's sit down for a bowl of wings, classic sports questions. How do you feel about Pete Rose being banned? Ah, boy. I understand why it was done when it was done. However, I think his on-field accomplishments far outweigh anything that he did while he was manager of the Cincinnati Reds. And if we're going to put the moral compass litmus test to who is in the Hall of Fame, you're going to get rid of about half the Hall of Fame. There'd be more bands? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Do you think in our lifetime they may change that? Yes. Okay. I don't know when, but I think in our lifetime it could happen. Let's start with high school football, and I have a question. I'm open for questions. I'm jazzed about high school football. You've been at the Penn practices. You've been at the Warsaw practices. You have done this a long time. Did you feel a vibe, particularly in Warsaw, of a, I think we're going to win this game? Or do you feel like they were hiding their cards or undecided? I think there definitely is a vibe in Warsaw that they believe they can win the football game. Okay. There is a huge vibe in Warsaw of excitement. This is easily the most anticipated football game in the history of the city of Warsaw. Really? You feel that way? They oh, yeah. feel that way? They feel that way. Okay. They have never won a sectional title. Never. And here comes Big Bad Penn with 24 of them. I mean... Anytime you go into a broadcast, 
you're looking for storylines. Mm-hmm. You're looking for a, a tale that you can tell. This thing is like Game of Thrones. I mean, honestly, this thing has more storylines to it. So let let's start with the visiting team. Okay. Let's start with Penn. They're six and four. They've won twenty four sectional titles. Let's face it. Everybody in Michiana who isn't a Penn Kingsman looks at Penn as the greatest villain that there is. They're the biggest, they're the baddest, they're the meanest, they're the most successful. And, of course, if you go to Penn, it's you hate us because you ain't us. So that's the storyline with Penn. And, oh, by the way, the Kingsmen look a little flawed. They look a little wounded. They don't have the starting quarterback they had at the beginning of the year. They're 6-4. and four. Maybe the king is ripe to be taken down from the throne. Then over here, you've got Warsaw, who's played football for 100 years and has absolutely nothing to show for it. The Warsaw Trophy case is vast and empty. They had an an undefeated season in 1964 when Bart Curtis was one year old and long before any of these players were born. They have never won an Indiana High School football sectional title, and we've been playing football sectionals since 1973. So here they are, the up-and-comers. They've got hope. You've got the haves and the have-nots. And then you've got this delicious little storyline over here. The have-nots have brought in the Dragon Slayer. They brought in Bart Curtis, who beat Penn in 2009 in a a game that ended a 156-game consecutive win streak in the NIC. And he beat him again twice in 2010. And he beat him for a sectional title in 2010. And he slew the dragon. And then that dragon named Corey Yeoman rose up and beat him eight straight times. And that's where we stand right now going into tonight. So maybe that makes it overly simple, the white hats and the black hats, the the heroes and the villains and all that. But to me, that's what makes this game so intriguing tonight. I also give you a little, uh, from a casual fan perspective, when you broadcast at Penn's uh, football field, you don't get to stream the game. Not during the regular season, correct. We get to watch this game if we can't make it to Warsaw. If our streaming is working. I will be honest. We had problems streaming from Warsaw oh, did you? earlier this year, too. Now, Warsaw is bringing out a hotspot oh. to help us try to be able to transmit this game on the live stream tonight on Facebook at 7. So, say your prayers and hopefully it will all work. Let me ask you this. Any other games tonight? <laughs> uh, there there are some, and, and all of these other games have great storylines too. So let's go into 5A. You've got Valparaiso undefeated, going to Laporte, 3-7. and seven. The Vikings should cruise, but you never know. The other game in 5A tonight has Mishawaka going to Elkhart Central. Mishawaka beat Elkhart Central in the regular season, 22-17. We saw Elkhart Central last week. We saw Mark Brownlee absolutely go off. 307 yards, five touchdowns. The Blazers don't exactly have a brimming trophy case either. They've won one sectional since 2014. Oh, by the way, Mishawaka will be the first team to play at Rice Field against the unified Elkhart High Schools next year. Mm. Will they be the last team to play at Rice Field and eliminate the split Elkhart High Schools 
this year. Oh, here's one other factoid on this game. Mishawaka has not lost at Rice Field since 2003. So that's 5A. 4A, you've got Plymouth at New Prairie. Plymouth is the number three passing team in the state of Indiana. New Prairie is the number one running team in the state of Indiana. So the points are going to be put up on the board. Both teams have outstanding senior quarterbacks. Chase Ketterer for New Prairie, Joe Barron for Plymouth. John Barron, the head coach at Plymouth, has only won one sectional. And he did it when he had a senior quarterback with the last name of Barron, his son Jack, who's now an assistant coach at West Lafayette. Can he win one more sectional title with a senior quarterback named Barron tonight at Amzie Miller Field? Let's go into 3A. Knox, 10-1. and They've never had 10 wins in a season before. They've never won a sectional before. They go to Calumet. Calumet, 9-1. and They've never won a sectional before. Something's got to give tonight up in northwest Indiana at a place they call the Arrowhead. Also in 3A tonight, Jimtown and Marion. Regular season game was a 10-3 game with four minutes to go, and Jimtown threw an interception in the end zone. Marion marched it down the field and won 17-3. Close the first time the two teams played. Marion has the state's second-best scoring defense, giving up less than seven points a game. Jimtown is on a five-game win streak. Jimtown's quarterback is the son of the head coach and a senior. Can he deliver daddy a sectional title, something that Jimtown has not enjoyed since 2014, or will the big bad Marion Knights win their fifth straight sectional? How about 2A, Fairfield and Eastside? Fairfield went had zero wins last year, Corey. They scored 27 points for the whole season last year. Now they go to Butler, Indiana, which is just this side of the Ohio line. Oh, boy. And take on a 9-2 and Eastside squad. And Fairfield trying to go from zero to sectional champion. What a story that would be for Matt Thacker and the Falcons. Oh, LaVille is at Lewis Cass tonight. LaVille's 9-2. and They're a really good football team. Lewis Cass is ranked number one in the state of Indiana in Class 2A. Good luck down in Walton, Indiana, to Will Hostrosser and the Lancers because they're probably going to need it. I, and I'm sorry, go ahead. One more to tell you about. 1A, Culver at North Judson. Culver is coached by a guy named Mike Zayner. When Mike Zayner took the Culver job, it was his chance to go back to his alma mater and coach. And he won his first game at Culver at Liberty Field in North Judson. Culver has not won at Liberty Field in North Judson since. And tonight they go to Liberty Field in North Judson and take on the Blue Jays, who beat them 26-24 in the opening night of the regular season. This should be a humdinger in Stark County tonight. Did you? I tried to pay the best attention I could. You know how sometimes I fail you. Did you say Plymouth and New Prairie? Yeah, oh, I you talked did. about that a while back. Did you? Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for dozing off. That was the best 10 minutes I've heard of high school I, I, football in a while. I'm sorry. I, I'm just so amped up about these games tonight. And that didn't even touch on Michigan. Oh, that's right. Edwardsburg, your Eddies, right across the gated community from you. Mm-hmm. They go up and play Zeeland West. Okay, so you're familiar with that offense that Edwardsburg runs. That, yes. That power T formation. Do you know who taught it to Kevin Bartz, the Edwardsburg head coach? Tell me. The guy that coaches at Zeeland West. (laughs) Edwardsburg scores 50 a game. Zeeland West scores 40 a game. 
Could be a shootout tonight at Zeeland Stadium. Constantine goes up and plays Hillsdale. Hillsdale is undefeated, 10-0. and But you know what? Constantine beat an undefeated team last week. In fact, they hammered them 51-8. So can the Falcons carry on in Division Six? And Cassopolis goes to Reading, Reading. I'm not sure how you pronounce that town in Michigan. I know how you pronounce it in Pennsylvania, but not in Michigan. But Cassopolis, I think, will find that Reading is fun. And they will go up there, and the Rangers will prevail. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to take a breather because we're going to talk about college football when we go back. And there's plenty of that as well. Let's start with Notre Dame. Are are you doing a pregame show? No. For the Duke game? No. No. This is an away game, so you don't have to do those. Duke game, not only do I not have to, but they wouldn't pay me to, so why would I? (laughs) Oh. Notre Dame goes to Duke Saturday night, 7.30 kickoff. On the ACC Network, now we tried to tell you Wednesday what you needed to do to get the ACC Network, and I think the offer's still good. You meet a friend, you go to an establishment. Or you get a trial of YouTube TV, mm. a one-week trial, and make sure you cancel it before the end of the one week if you don't want to keep the YouTube TV. Have you uh, talked to someone who has that and what they think about it? YouTube TV? No, uh, ACC Network. I have not. Because I've seen some commercials of like like a cool behind the scenes documentary of Notre Dame women's basketball. Yeah, I mean they're they're obviously going to do some things to try to appeal to the base. Yeah, uh, there's just not enough there to appeal to me. Okay. Here at the radio station, Chuck and I are apl- uh, employed by Pulse FM. Purdue will be on with a kickoff at noon. Purdue going with the third string quarterback Michael O'Connell. Uh, going up to Northwestern, the Wildcats have been awful this year. So we'll see what kind of quarterback this kid is. But if Purdue can move the football, they they should have a pretty good shot to beat the Cats up in what should be a fairly frigid Evanston, Illinois. And if Purdue does that, they're 4-6 and six and they keep their bowl hopes alive. Remember, Purdue needs six wins to go to a bowl game. And, of course, they finished the season by playing Indiana. The battles of the unbeaten tomorrow. I like that uh, oh, tagline. What a couple of matchups. Start yourself off at noon, put Purdue on the radio, and uh, mute the TV and watch Penn State at Minnesota. Should be cold and frozen, and P.J. Flex going to be out there yelling, row the boat and the Golden Gophers trying to knock off Penn State and end their college football playoff hopes, and James Franklin and his team trying to make sure they don't overlook Minnesota and go in there and and play well enough to keep their CFP hopes alive. And then at 3.30, the game that everybody's been talking about for about two weeks, LSU goes to Alabama. LSU's got a Heisman candidate by the name of Joe Burrow. They've they've rejuvenated the offense. They finally have an offense that can put points on the board down in Baton Rouge. And they got a head of wrong with Tony Allen. He sounded like a Cajun. Half the time you need somebody to close caption because you don't know what Coach Ogeron is saying. <coughs> so you got that going up against Nick Saban, Alabama, in Tuscaloosa. Oh, man, what a great SEC matchup tomorrow afternoon at 3.30. You know what? Uh, Oakland Raiders have been kind of a joke, but it just feels like Not something's this year. happening on the West Coast. Not this year. John Gruden's got them playing pretty well. And uh, you take a look at what they have done this year. They beat the Chargers last night 26-24. to So suddenly 
Oakland uh, looking like a possible wild card team in the AFC. They have been they have been knocking off some teams that at the beginning of the season you would have thought, oh, there's no way that uh, that they win that. So let me let me check the NFL standings here real quick, okay. and we find that Oakland is five and four. Uh, they're a game behind Kansas City now at six and three, and five and four definitely puts you in playoff contention. They would not officially be a wild card right now. They would be on the cusp, though. Let's segue into basketball. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about your little Bears-Lions game coming up on Sunday. I'll probably talk about it on Monday. Okay. Uh, I'm excited about the game. I haven't seen the Bears play in person in person in years. The last time I went, I told you they had snow blowers out during the TV timeouts to clear the lines, and we left at halftime because it was so cold. It's going to be cold on Sunday. Yeah. But Bears and Lions, I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm excited about Matthew Stafford. I I love the Bears, even though they can't win a football game this year. I'll make sure my TV's off for uh, Trubisky. Okay. You know, because he doesn't want any of that He doesn't TV want stuff. any distractions. No distractions. Could you whatsoever. believe that yesterday? I thought that was really dumb of him to say out loud. I agree. It was really stupid. So, for those of you who haven't heard, Mitch Trubisky wants the televisions at Hallis Hall turned off because there's too many people making negative comments about the Bears. And as I said on the radio yesterday morning, in one of the mature moments that I am prone to when I write the morning sportscast at 5 a.m., I said, well, if Mitch Trubisky doesn't want to hear those kind of things, when he steps outside his door, he better put his hands over his ears and yell, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. <laughs> because otherwise, he's going to hear criticism of the Bears because, I don't know, they've stunk! <laughs> You'd think they would take that stuff, or he would, and go, you know what? Fodder for doing a better job. Yeah, how about that? How about let's just get better? Ugh. Not worry about the outside noise. You know, I didn't, I didn't see Ian Book coming out saying, oh, let's turn off all the TVs at the Goog because, uh, you know, they're saying bad stuff. You know, he just went out and made a game-winning drive happen. You know, that sounded just like him. I, it probably did. He's from California. <laughs> Is that what that yeah. was? Actually, you probably don't know how he sounds because they never give them exactly. to you. So you have to just come up with something. Mystical voice. <laughs> now let's talk about basketball. Okay. Tonight, as we record this, the Irish are back in Purcell Pavilion, the women's basketball team. Yes. Guys will be there tomorrow, right? right. Robert noon. Morris. Noon yeah. for Bob Morris. Well, let's talk about tonight. Let's talk about what is stacked against Notre Dame. Let's talk about the injury that's happened. All right. Well, let's let uh, let's go back. Thanks, Scooby. <laughs> Oh, that would be more like Shaggy, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, let's go back to the beginning of the off season. So you start off with ten scholarship players, and two of them, Jordan Nixon and Danielle Patterson, decide that they're going to transfer. So that leaves you with eight scholarship players. Then you decide to give your walk-on Caitlin Cole a scholarship. Pause button. Any word why those two chose to leave? Was there a coup? I think um, I can't speak for both of them. I think in the term, I think they both were looking for a little bit easier academic load. Okay, you know, there's that. 
and there's nothing Muffet can do about that. Okay. So two girls leave. Now you're down to eight. eight. And you decide you're going to add a scholarship and give your walk-on Caitlin Cole a scholarship, who played some valuable minutes last year. So now you have nine. And then Abby Prohaska comes up with two blood clots in her lungs, and you're down to eight. And then in the season opener in the third quarter, Michaela Vaughn goes down with a knee injury. She came back, finished out the game, but is diagnosed to have a sprained MCL and will sit for four to six weeks, leaving the Irish with seven scholarship players, one of whom was a walk-on until July. That's a... Oh, oh, by the way, of those seven scholarship players, only one of them was on your roster last year. Mm. You've got two transfers in Marta Snezak and Destiny Walker and two freshmen in your starting lineup in Sam Brunell and Anaya Peoples. And she's going to probably have to start Caitlin Gilbert, who is the one she brought her off the bench on Tuesday against Fordham, but she's going to have to start her now. And you got Caitlin Cole coming off the bench and... Have at it. Bob Nagel returns to the hot mic tonight to, to broadcast the home game. I think he told me there's two twins on the game. Not or on the team, but not two actual twins, but they are twins that have, like one girl plays basketball, her sister plays tennis, but there actually might be a set of twins. There's on the a team. set of twins who are walk-ons on the Irish. Set of twins who are walk-ons. Yes. And you know how you tell them apart? Uh, Muffet doesn't. Uh, one, <laughs> one wears her hair in braids on purpose. Okay. That's a little fun fact I heard from Bob working on the game. <laughs> Those are the kinds of things you'll learn tonight on Pulse FM at 6.30. That's right. Now the men. The men play Bob Morris tomorrow. You might know him better as Robert Morris. Yeah, I went to high school with him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, school out of Pittsburgh. And uh, should, be in, should be, this is why this game is on the schedule, should be an easy win. The men represented well Wednesday night up until a point they could we told you about this freshman for Carolina on Wednesday's show, Cole Anthony. Mm-hmm. He did not disappoint. He only had the greatest debut of any freshman in Atlantic Coast Conference history. <laughs> 34 points, was unstoppable in the second half, and carried Carolina to a 76-65 win over the Irish. Who? What was the biggest flaw for the Irish on Wednesday night, Corey? Free throws? They couldn't shoot the ball. Mm. Could not shoot the ball. Shot about 36%. You need that to win, don't you? Helps. <laughs> Helps. So, I don't know. I, I I would like to be optimistic about this team. You know, I know that you uh, received many calls uh, from people wanting, wanting you to be optimistic about me, the team. They want me to be at that game. And, they uh, need me to be at that game. You know, maybe maybe they'll figure it out. Uh, we have IU basketball on Pulse FM tomorrow as Portland well. Portland State at 2 o'clock. Hoosiers looked very impressive in the 98-65 win over Western Illinois on Wednesday. And uh, Archie Miller's squad trying to go to 2-0 and on the year. And then Purdue with a, a nice early season test Saturday night as they take on Texas. Uh, Matt Painter's team 1-0. and They got the uh, win even though St- Sasha Stefanovic did not play on Thursday night was no Wednesday night. Excuse me, he did not play on Wednesday night because of a foot injury. I think he'll still probably be out for this game, but 
Uh, Matt Harms played very, very well. 16 points, 7 rebounds, 7 block shots. Uh, let's tap on some local girls basketball scores. Northwood impressive last night, uh, mainly because Kate Ruley put 31 on the board in their win over Riley. They crushed the Cats 88-45. Penn was able to hold off a late charge from Laporte and win that game 61-49. Kingsman have a very talented guard by the name of Trinity Clinton, who I think had 15 or 16 in the game. Uh, some other winners last night. John Adams uh, was very impressive last night. They had a 30-23 to lead on Michigan City Marquette, the defending state champs from 1A, going to the fourth quarter and wound up winning 55-24. So they outscored them 25-1 to in the fourth quarter. That's, that's saying something. Now, Marquette was uh, hit hard by graduation. Most of that team moved on. In fact, the, the Nolan twins are playing at St. John's. So uh, Marquette's rebuilding, but that's still a, a good solid win for Adams. Uh, LaVille and Memorial both won low-scoring games. Memorial beat Mishawaka. LaVille beat Jimtown. I think, uh, oh, North Judson, ranked number two, beat uh, Rochester 49-33, to 33, I believe. In hockey, Blackhawks over Vancouver 5 Boy, there's two. a rarity. <laughs> <laughs> You mean Blackhawks winning? Yes. And uh, Notre Dame hockey tonight against Ohio State. Oh, that's a great matchup. Notre Dame ranked number five in the polls this week. I think Ohio State is ranked number nine. Buckeyes play very good defense. I'm not sure they've given up more than two goals in a game this year. Of course, the Irish have that outstanding uh, goalie, Cale Morris. So could be uh could be a low scoring, but a fun matchup to watch at the Compton tonight. We have a Twitter question. Fire away. Brad Miller wants to know what Corey thinks about the new Kanye West record. I would like to know this, too. We actually missed talking about this because I was in Nashville when the record came out that Friday. Titled Jesus is King. So immediately when I hear that, I think, okay, we've got new music we can play on Pulse. (laughs) Well. Maybe not. 27 minutes long, 11 songs. That's quick. That's like the Beatles. Yeah. From the outside perspective, it seems that Kanye has found the Lord. And as uh, as uh, quickly as late last night or this morning, he's also talking about running for president in 2024. Oh, in 2024. 2024. He doesn't want to enter the campaign now. Doesn't want to do it now. Okay. But uh, two Fridays ago, Kanye puts out a new record called Jesus is King. Here's a taste. Stretch my hands to you. Life like this is what your life like. Try to live the life right. People really know you push your buttons like type right. This is like a movie, but it's really very lifelike. Every single night, right? Every single fight, right? I was looking at the grammar and I don't even You're not a big Kanye fan. You're not a fan of rap music, right? Not not really. No. Is there a rap song in the history of hip-hop and rap that you could actually well, stomach mc hammer you can't touch this oh yeah how about walk this way by run dmc yeah uh, i mean i i'm not against it i think lecrae does some nice stuff there it is right there i think when it comes to that kind of music and we're talking about excellence lecrae andy minio this to me musically does not sound good i was just gonna say i wouldn't I wouldn't want you to play that on Pulse, not because it was offensive or anything. It's just because it off. wasn't good. It's not good. Uh, Brad, I'll say this to you, and uh, I, I, 
don't want to get in the way of what God is going to do through this person, if if he does indeed do it through the person. Uh, I mean, people have awakenings. This has happened before in music. Bob Dylan did it. Sure. Uh, the uh, guitarist from Korn has gone through this. Yes. Uh, Kanye, uh, Justin Bieber is having a spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I like to think that's what it is. But um, as I listened to this three times through and I watched a 90-minute documentary on Kanye talking to the guy from the Beats Network or Which, whatever Which, by is. the way, is three times as long as the album. Right. Uh, I, I would carefully say beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. The Bible talks about that. Mm-hmm. Just be careful. And if this is a new revelation to him, I would say give him a chance to get himself surrounded by some good people that know what they're talking about. Get himself a spiritual mentor who knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Get his nose in the word, which we all should be doing if we're believers. Right. And just be careful. Just be careful. You know, like when the guy, the the quickest thing I can think of, when the guy from Corn gave his life to the Lord, his phone blew up. Everybody, every church across America wanted to talk to sure. him. Sure. Every youth group pastor wanted to talk to him oh you don't think they'll be asking for now kanye costs a lot more yeah or getting him in front of that group of people going look you know kanye is doing a sunday morning tour recently where he's hitting these big towns and doing kind of a sunday morning service and the last one you know the the article read thousands came to christ okay that's great but you know what scares me is the follow-up you know what do you do with a thousand people that go to a kanye show you know, and you, come to Christ. Yeah. You know, do you do you do you have pastors that are like now get plugged into a local church? Now you now you got to start reading that Bible. Mm-hmm. It's not just a turn and burn anymore, right? You know, it's a lifestyle. So I just the first thing that came to mind after listening to it once again: beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. I'm not a perfect individual. I'm a broken person. He's a broken person, but unfortunately. He's on a pedestal in a spotlight that's far beyond my reach. Right. So people are going to be watching him, and just just be careful. Uh, the title reminds me of that Elvis story that you've told before. Oh, yes. When uh, the nine girls went to see Elvis Presley at the University of Notre Dame, and about three songs into the performance, they rolled out this giant banner that they made that said, Elvis is king. And in the middle of the song, he says, hey, man, that sounds wrong. Jesus is king. Put that sign away. And the girls rolled it back up, back to the show. But, you know, even in his, I don't, actually, I don't remember what stage of Elvis's career. But oh, I'm sure we had to be headed towards fat bloated yeah, Elvis. But he knew. He knew. Now, <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. With yes. the, this, I'm, I'm taking this down a tangent here. The Elvis reference now takes me to college game day last week did you happen to see college game day on espn last i did week? not they were in memphis they did the show from beale street in memphis because they were doing smu and memphis okay at the end of the show they always have the game picks uh their guest picker last week was jerry the king lawler oh wow who came rolling in in the batmobile nice because well, he's the king. He can do what he wants. <laughs> so you had Jerry the King Lawler sitting between host Reese Davis and Lee Corso. Well, 
Jerry wasn't the only king on the set. Lee dressed as Elvis. That makes sense. So there were your two kings. <laughs> I just wondered if you had seen any of this because it seemed like it was right up your alley. I miss professional wrestling. I haven't watched it in a long time. I haven't either. I I used to watch it passingly. I know that there oh, are man. some of my media colleagues, you included, who lived for things like WrestleMania and oh. things like that. When I see Angelo DiCarlo tweet anything wrestling, I just giggle because I was him in the 90s. Mm-hmm. We had people over, Chuck, on Monday nights watching Monday Night Raw. We had put together game plans to go see wrestling events in Chicago. And when you say Fort we, Wayne. Debbie was in on this Debbie too. was in on it. My brother-in-law, my her uncle, my uncle, um, uh, Father Andy got into wrestling pre-father. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's got a great story of yelling at somebody. I think he yelled at Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and uh, he got the turnaround eyeball, and, and Andy backed off, but... Oh yeah, and I've I've met I used my media whatever. I we've met The Rock, we've met Owen Hart, Mankind. I've seen the picture with your bride and The Rock. Yeah, she, we've, she seemed enamored we, with the uh, We did the backstage Dwayne. meet and the greets. Yeah. We had him sign some How TV guys. How was The guides. Rock backstage? That's the thing. You Insanely get, friendly. You get these you get these people out of character. Mhm. And you bring them in. For instance, Anybody who's spent any time around South Bend has to know Brian Costello. Yeah. The crippler. Yeah. And uh, he helps park the cars at uh, the Cubs games. At the South Bend Cubs games. Mm-hmm. And crippler is as salt of the earth, as down to earth a guy as you'd ever want to meet. But the fact that he was part of this. Now, he can't, he does not like the term jobber. I forget what the term is that he. Was he a heel? No. Mm. No, but he was one of the guys that was. he. He would basically be go out there and, and kind of be, he's not going to like this term either, but cannon fodder mm-hmm. for, for a star, for one of those quick yeah. quick W's. Okay, you had him on the card, you saw him, now he's off and gone. Um, but it, it, it fascinates me, the, the switch that goes on and off mm-hmm. for some of these people. And then you got guys like Flair, who the switch never seems to go off on. No. I remember the switch. Uh, this is a rock story. They were coming to town with the WWF. And at the time, the rock was a bad guy. And I had him on our morning show. And he called in. Hey, this is Dwayne Johnson. As friendly as I'll get out. He goes, how much time do we have? I said, we're going to have you on for about six minutes. He goes, where Where am I talking to? I said, South Bend, Indiana. He's like, all right, I'll be ready. And when we went on the air, he snapped into bad guy, ripped Lou Holtz a new one because he went to Miami. Uh, he went to yeah. Miami, and then when we were done, he was right back. And he did the exact same thing when Debbie and I met him backstage. He was the bad guy, but then he introduced himself, shook our hands, asked us what our name was, and I I was so dumbfounded. Like, what do you guys do now? Like, do you stay in town? He's like, I don't know. A couple of us rented a car together, so we'll go back to Chicago, get on an airplane. I'm gonna go, and he's pointing, and I'm like. Well, she's a bad guy. You hang out. You hang out with China. <laughs> you hang out. You know, it's like they're all just. But they're all all employed, and they're yeah. all doing this. Day and they all fight each other the next night. He was super friendly, but this was pre the person he is now. Well, so yeah. It was, but it was 
he was still great, you know. Oh, I think he's on a the great, microphone. He seems like a great guy when you see him on talk shows and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, and no, I just I've always found it fascinating. The only time I actually went to see a WW, and I think this would have been a WWF event. Okay. Um, Jack Obringer, who now works at ESPN, he's a producer there. But at the time, he worked at WNDU, and he was a photographer. And I were out covering spring training in Phoenix. Okay. And the way spring training works, you get there early in the day. You get the guys doing their workouts. You get your interviews between workouts and the spring training game. You shoot about the first three innings because that's when anybody that's playing is playing. And you're, you're done by three in the afternoon. And at that time, we weren't feeding stuff back live. We were just accumulating stuff, and we would take it back and put together pieces when we got back to WNDU. Oh, okay. So literally, three in the afternoon on, we're on the road in Phoenix, and we got we got nothing. So we find out that at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum that night is the WWF. <laughs> and we go there, and uh, we kind of found a a couple of scalp tickets for a fairly reasonable price and they're in the second row <laughs> so we're right down there and the people watching for me was amazing oh my goodness because as bobby heenan once said about a wrestling crowd the scariest thing about these people is they can vote and they can breed <laughs> and he wasn't too far off pause button Top five best people-watching locations. Oh, wow. I'm going to go wrestling. Yeah. I'm going to go county fair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Walmart on a Sunday afternoon at about 2.30. Mm, okay. I'm going to go, okay, uh, Walmart, wrestling, county fair. There's two more. I'll give you... Uh... I think tailgate lots. Interesting. Okay. Now it's a diff. It's a different crowd. Mm-hmm. It's a it and it's a different crowd depending on where you go. But just what people are willing to do <laughs> in a tailgate lot that they probably aren't willing to do any other time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say the mall at Christmas time. Okay. Pull up a pull up a little. You know, get yourself your Ben soft pretzel. Pull up a little chair, sit there like you're waiting for your honey by reading a book or something, and just watch. Watch the general dysfunction of America happen right before your eyes. Honorable mention to any kind of presidential rally? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Never been. Okay. I've only seen it on TV. Never been. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> Either. I I do enjoy I do enjoy watching people behind candidates. Oh yes. With their shirts and their hats yeah. as and much their as signs. I de- as much as I detest you people who come up behind me when I'm doing countdown to kickoff or stand up, I do have to say I'm entertained by watching people behind candidates and especially kids, <laughs> because you know the kids don't want to be there, don't care. <laughs> you ever been kissed while you're on camera? No. Okay. No. So there's still time. Stay away. <laughs> Do you think you'll go into kung fu mode if that were to happen? I that would not be a, I, I would not react well. I'm sure <laughs> that might make the blooper real. That might win you that hundred thousand dollars on America's Funniest Videos. No thanks. This South Bend anchor with Saget as opposed <laughs> to Seeger. 
No, it's um. Oh, it's Carlton a, now. Uh, from, oh, is he the host now? Yeah, from uh, wasn't it Fresh Tom Prince? Bergeron for a while? <laughs> you haven't watched in a while, have you? I I don't watch a lot of TV other than sports. If it ain't but blue bloods, but here's the thing: I do like me some sports on TV. <laughs> yes, you do. Which well, helps this show. I think we've aired it out. Yeah. Oh, have we ever? I think we've aired yeah, it there out. There might be some stuff that winds up on the cutting room floor today, kids. <laughs> we normally don't edit this show down too much, but we might have to today. I feel good about it, Chuck. Come on. It's the weekend. Take your shirt off. That's about enough. All right. Uh, you're on Twitter. Yeah, 46 Sports. So are we. Sports Yak. 2Ks. 2Ks. Email. 2Ks at gmail.com. On the Instagram as well. Maybe you stop by, we'll give you an Insta story of Chuck looking mean at me. Maybe. Maybe he'll smile. I don't know. We'll talk on uh, Monday. It's a new episode. Very excited about that. Hopefully I'll have some high-quality stories from the Bears-Lions game. And we'll find out who's uh, moving on in high school football. Yes, we will. What's what's the next step? Regionals. Regionals. On both sides of the state line. All right. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga-looga, Heine Manoush. You've been listening to Sports Yak, brought to you by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events available at und.com slash buy tickets. And by Pyramid Equipment. Think Pyramid Equipment for your snowplow needs, sales, services, and installations of residential and commercial-grade snowplows, parts, and salt spreaders. Pyramid offers military, police, and firemen's discounts. Find us, PyramidEquipmentInc.com. Everybody get out of here. There's a lobster loose. Oh, holy cow, he's loose. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.